Looking for podcasts to listen to? Check out our collection of shows on the Brothers Bear Network. First up, Brothers Bear Podcast, a comedy show where two brothers and their friend talk about everything from movies, music, and their love for everything geek. Or 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast, where you hop into our DeLorean and go back in time with a podcast that talks about the past, including pop culture, video games, random life stories, but mostly about the movies from our past. There's also Disney Plus Podcast, a show with four hosts talking about what's on Disney Plus. Each week, we'll watch something that's only on Disney Plus and review slash discuss the movie or show. We'll also talk some Disney history, news, or related topics about Disney. And last, Monkey Monsters Podcast is now Monkey Monsters Midweek Podcast, a show about family life, relationships, movies, stories of our past, having kids, and arguing slash debating over which is better, pancakes or French toast. All shows are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. This is the Brothers Bear Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Hello, buenos dias, buenos dias, buenas noches. We are here live once again here. Sal and Freddie Morales here in the 88 miles per hour podcast live from my casa and he's also on your casa right we're following yes. the rules yeah we are we're at home <laughs> is that a good introduction no you know what all right imagine you just got on stage and you're about to bring the show give me that give me that let's see how that sounds <laughs> Welcome to the 88 Miles Per Hour podcast with Sal and Freddie Morales live from their casas because we are still under this lockdown and we need to wear our masks. And that's why we're away from each other to bring you this live entertainment show. Wait, did you call me Sal? Did I call you Sal? It sounded like with oh, Sal shit. and Freddie. I don't know. what. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast. As Freddie introduced us, this is 88, the episode 121. We got a new a new month. Well, technically, it's in the middle of the month, but we're basically... I did say it Sal. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> let's start over. All right, so let, let's do this. Take three, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. And let's give them a countdown in five. Four, three. Hello and welcome to another episode of 88 Miles Per Hour. I'm Freddie Morales with my compadre and good friend Santos here to bring you another great show from our house. We are not together and we are just broadcasting this from our casitas. Yes, from uh, the safety of our own homes, making sure we're, we're uh, social distancing because Mr. Freddie, all he does is is he interacts with so many people? I could probably no, just kidding. <laughs> I do, man. I called you Sal earlier. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome back. We got a new month going on. It's I know it's the beginning. I mean, it's the middle of, of July. But the way I base it, I it's of the the four episodes. Um, 
We are going to be doing something new this month. We are going to be doing the Robin Williams tribute. We've already done Jim Carrey. Now we're doing the Robin Williams. And uh, the reason why is because on August 11th, it was the day of his death. So it is our tribute to Robin Williams. Uh, I just recently posted the video. And, I mean, um, not a video, but it was your picture. It was your picture and uh, what's it? Yeah. The, the little audio clip from episode 116 of The Liar Liar. Freddie yeah. talking about when he met and played any DJ for Mr. Robin Williams. Yeah, that was amazing, bro. And by the way, I just saw the documentary yesterday, his latest one, and it's on HBO. Yeah, that, ooh, that's a good one. Bro. Did you watch that? Yeah. yeah and uh, that. I got teary eyed at the end because not only did I love Robin Williams as a, as a comedian, because I, I grew up watching his comedy, um, you know, from where he started with Richard Pryor, from you know, going from the Sunset Strip comedy clubs to the big screen. And I just followed him. And also from him being really funny to going into his more dramatic roles, um, like the Dead Sports Society, that was like a great, great movie. I, I don't know. I just been kind of just in the Robin Williams uh, mode this past few days. And uh, that's just an amazing documentary hey bro you you gotta turn off your tv someone just got run over by a car (laughs) hey that's every day here on melrose bro i was like you're talking and i just happened to catch the tv right now and they showed like a clip of someone like someone has like a red car and the person's like running away from the car and they literally run them over oh my god like that's why i was like dude it's like what is this primero impacto that's my dad used to watch all the time yeah yeah that's premier impacto here in the background (laughs) i was like holy crap um i'm gonna gonna turn it off yeah because uh yeah right before that they showed like a a tractor tire crash into someone's car like i was like oh crap See, stay in your home, dude. It's too dangerous out there. Back on 93, we're still here, and it's time to get to the the movie at hand we're going to be doing this week. We're going to be doing Mrs. Doubtfire, ladies and gentlemen. This movie was released, when the hell was it released? It was released November 24th. Oh, so it was like uh, a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. 1993. Uh, It was a budget of 25 million and it boxed. It was actually the second highest grossing film of that year. Right behind, well, not right behind. Jurassic Park was the highest grossing film of 1993 with like 900 and some odd million dollars. And second place was Mrs. Doubtfire with 441 million. So even though it was the second film, I mean, it was behind Jurassic Park, but 1993 was a huge film for the 90s. Uh, When it came to Mrs. Doubtfire, I saw this movie as a again every week, dude. I can, I can, I could connect with that movie theater commerce. We saw this with Robin Hood Men in Tights over there in Commerce. Oh wow! Look at that! Wow! (laughs) So yeah, so I remember. Hell yeah, dude! So I remember it's like. (laughs) Robin Hood Men in Tights was first. I remember that. We saw Robin Hood Men in Tights first. And then the second film that played, obviously, was Mrs. Doubtfire. And Mrs. Doubtfire, I mean, it's a great film. It's 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 just basically, it's a family who, uh, the husband and wife divorced. He, he's basically, basically a loser because this guy can't hold a job. He's a bad husband. But because of the, because of the way his thing is, he has no money, no place to live. He can't see his kids normally because of the separation, the divorce. So what does he do? He decides to create this character and be Mrs. Deadfire. And he goes and he does that. Hello, I'm Mrs. Deadfire. I'd like to meet my kids. 
Hello. Mrs. Hillard, I presume? Yes. I'm Miranda Hillard. Euphigenia Doubtfire. So there you have it. So that that's literally what the movie is. And the whole time he's just playing this double double life, trying to visit his kids. So yeah, that's the movie. Um actors in it is Robin Williams playing Mrs. Doubtfire and Daniel. Oh, Hillard. don't forget we also have the cool little guy, the James Bond character who was you remember him. Oh yeah, yeah, Mr. Pierce Brosnan. Well, that's what oh, I was doing. Oh, his lovely eyes, Pierre <laughs> With every with every actor that I give in, you got you got to do Mrs. Delphire, right? All right, and then the next act we have a uh, Sally Field. Oh, Sally Field, she was so such a bitch to me, but it's okay. We worked together. I had a good time. <laughs> we had a uh, who played uh, Daniel's brother, Harvey Firestein. Oh yes, my brother. There was a he's my brother. I forgot. I need my meds. He's the yeah, he's the one that creates the makeup for you, Mrs. Oh, Delphire. Yes, it's been such a long time. Oh my dear, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I need some do you have some sativa, my dear? I need some sativa. Thank you very much. <laughs> Whoa, Mrs. Delphire, you get high? <laughs> oh yeah, I get high. I I am a modern woman now. <laughs> you know, in order for you to be on top of the things in life, you have to be on top of things. And I do not have nothing on top of right now. <laughs> you also have your three kids uh one of them is played by one of the famous lawrences matthew lawrence the middle child from the He's a little prick a little prick yeah uh, yeah he is because he, he he throws like he shoots a bunch of milk and on like some little sheep when they're they have that freaking farm outside yeah uh, i was like hey dude don't be doing that to a sheep he's like what are you doing what a dick <laughs> and he also had little mara wilson with her little lisp oh she was so cute little Little girl. Uh, and also you have Lisa Jacob. That was the older daughter. She was Lydia, right? I don't know. Oh, what happened to her? I have no idea. I, I All I remember her was she was in Independence Day and then that's it. I haven't seen her in anything, but it looks like she's acted in a lot of stuff until 2000 and then she stopped. She has nothing after 2000. And then, of course, obviously, Pierce Brosnan and you got a, a few, you know, other actors. But those are the main leads that what we got here. So, Mrs. Doubtfire, sir, what what can you tell me about this movie? What what do you love it? What do you remember? Because every time you're always like, "I was on a date." Were you on a date when you saw this goddamn actually, movie? Actually, actually, I was. I was 24. Oh I was 20. <laughs> Dude, I was 24 when this came out. Yeah. I don't know if I went on a date. I don't know. I don't know if on this one. But uh, you know, it's funny how you 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 you're mentioning about the character. Uh, I didn't see Ryan Williams as a loser. I just saw him as a struggling actor trying to get like any. See the arts. The arts are the arts, and I think uh, when when the industry gets involved, you know it's hard out there. And I think uh, he was just trying to be, you know, the good dad and trying to be the good husband. But yeah, you know, I think he was just enjoying life with the kids because I think think about it. During that time, I remember there was a high rate of divorce. A lot of divorces were, yeah. were happening in the in in the nineties. Well, so th this 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 kind of movie put that kind of like what was going on during that time that, you know, families were being separated because now, you know, both uh, male and female had their careers and, you know, one career does work and the other, work, the other career wasn't working and, and it created problems within, like you saw here on Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Well, no, the reason why I said is because there's a part where Mrs. Doubtfire, well, when he's as Mrs. Doubtfire, so I'll just call him Mrs. Doubtfire. When he's Mrs. Doubtfire and he's talking right, right there to Miranda, they're in the kitchen and he starts asking her 
about like you know daniel like oh how was it what happened why did you guys divorce blah 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 and she starts talking about when they were first together the love and the type of person he oh, was oh yeah daniel was, daniel was like a love he was all there but <laughs> yeah and and then and then he starts mentioning she starts saying how like in their whole relationship he can never hold down a job like that was the one thing he can never hold down the job now when you mentioned it, when it came to the entertainment side, it's like, I could kind of see that. I'm like, you know what? When you're in the entertainment business, you're based on gigs. You're you're constantly jumping from one gig to another gig. Exactly. So maybe that's what that was. But see, in her. Okay, go I on. Know, I don't want to cut you off, but the thing is, is that holding a job, that is a job already. See, that's that's my, I'm an artist and I've been told, hey, you can't hold up a job. Hey, I got, I'm, <laughs> what do you mean I can't hold up a job? It's a fucking contract. The contract yeah. finished, I got to go out. I don't go to an eight to, eight, to, eight to five job. That's exactly. I don't do that anymore. That's not my life. Mm-hmm. So when people say you can't hold, no, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I kind of have a different feeling about that, but you know. Um, no, but I see maybe, it like you. You know what I'm saying? You understand yeah, what I'm see, saying? I, I I'm, understand seeing, I'm because- looking at it as a male because I, I also, there's a female side to it. And I just saw. Uh, I like, mean, I I get that. It's I guess for her, she she saw it as in like look, look, because I'm gonna see it both ways. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it in her perspective, and I'm gonna see it in his perspective. All right, so let's let's put it based on on hers because she divorced him for a reason. So with her, she sees it as in look, you're trying to go to, down this career, but you're you you know, you're not going anywhere. You're constantly jumping from job to job to job. Like, we don't know if they're gigs or what. Like, he does a contract. He's there for four months, and then that's it. He's done. All we know is in the beginning of the film, he couldn't do the script because the, the bird was smoking. He's like, <laughs> my lungs, I can't. Oh, no, I can't, I can't breathe, you know? And yeah, then yeah, he, yeah. what does he do? He walks out. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, look. His ego. That. He had an ego. He had His an ego. ego got in the way. But he it shouldn't have because it's like, she's the one. She's the main breadwinner. She points that out. She's the one that has a job. She she's constantly working. So for her bringing in the money, she has all of that. And then this guy, instead of being like, you know what, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to do this scene because I need to bring in a paycheck. I can't rely on her to pay for everything. He decides to be like, you know, I'll be fine because she pays for we'll be fine. She makes enough money to handle both of us. So F this. I quit. And you know what? Get that. It was placed San Francisco is a very expensive place hell yeah okay so so they were i mean their income was whoo so um but yeah i mean i I mean i looked at it like that like okay well but one thing okay but one thing he did was being there for his kids and i never robin williams really showed the love and it's just amazing because you fall into wow it's like god he really loves his kids he would do anything for his kids you don't care about he's just i mean and you don't see that nowadays i mean you're a father and there's 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 parents who have kids and they don't even feel like that they're like ah get rid of my kids no but here in reality in this film he just showed his love and then he wanted his family and and thinking and that's why mrs doubtfire came into the picture because that's how crazy your mind gets was like well i'm gonna do something where you know i'm gonna you know make sure I can be with my kids and then I have to do this. Well, I'll do it. And if I were his shoes, I would try, I wouldn't be, I would, first of all, I wouldn't be in that kind of situation where I have to change. I would try to make it work. And, and that's one thing about this film. It makes you learn to have a better communication with your partner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's. Well, see, that's the thing because 
when she starts saying all of these things to Mrs. Doubtfire, the reasons why, like, you know, it's like he, it was, for instance, like they never, they were always, when she was talking to Mrs. Doubtfire, she points out that the fact that it's like, oh yeah, like he, he couldn't be serious about stuff. Like he was always making jokes. He was, it was always an act for him, so on and so forth. Like, you know, the whole holding down a job, like, it's just like, she stopped having fun. She started taking things more serious. Cause like, all right, we need to have, you know, I need to have a career. We need to bring money. We have family, blah, 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 blah. But you know he what? That... Like a child. And, and what happened is, um, wait, what were you gonna say? No, no. And exactly. I mean, and it's still today. I mean, there's always one, look, there's always one that we also, well, we need partners. Cause there's one that kind of, we all sometimes slack off and they're like, yeah. Hey man, you, you got to get back in the boat. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it sucks because I had a point and I lost it. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sorry. I hate it. No, but no, no. It's all right. It threw me off. That's why I was like, I, I cut myself off. Going, oh, what were we going to say? Because I was like, I cut you I'll, off. Maybe, and my... maybe I'll remember. I <laughs> and I was like, I because you, you sounded like you were kind of like, I forgot what I was going to say. So maybe he'll say it. <laughs> um, no, and I fucked I, it up. I, I guess I guess what it is, is... Um, uh you know i don't know all i know is that like the the gig aspect is like we don't know in the entertainment business i know this is how it is uh you know this is how it is is that you a lot of times unless you are in the level of the actual mr robin williams or whatever or or uh, like a big time director producer or whatnot if you're at his level in the film he's just contract based and he's only going to be used for the amount of time and he's always going to jump to job to job to job but that's not necessarily someone who's just like oh i keep getting fired i can't hold down the job she makes it sound like that but we never see that all we know is in the beginning of the movie he up and quits is that just he does that a lot <laughs> we don't know it's just an assumption so she got tired of that but you know as a kid when i watched this movie i thought her him having that party is was like for him to for her to be like oh my gosh like like I'm just I can't be with you because no, of the party. It, exactly, but it took that. But it's like you know what's the kids? You're more you know she sounded much more interested in her career than her damn kids. It's like you know what you get over it. It's like okay, well let's help clean up and then you have dinner in the night. No, my, she a big my deal girlfriend pointed that out, bro. <laughs> my girlfriend pointed that out. Okay, in the argument, in the argument, in that part when they come home and he's helping clean up because she's freaking like she comes home with a freaking cake for her kid she wants to do happy birthday and then what freaking ha you know like she just it's, gets all pissed off yeah but the thing is because he had it he did it bigger she wanted to do something her way it's controlling too he beat her to it exactly you see that within their relationship but where what I, yeah he always goes overboard like she kind of points it out because in that argument when they're fighting she mentions that like you you get to have all the fun i have to work blah 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 and they start and then she's like it's over daniel they break up so on and so forth so she's always pointing out that he gets to have all the fun while she has to work okay my girlfriend pointed something out that i i i was like holy shit so we rewound it and then listened okay there's a part where um daniel shows up to to pick up the kids or something right. or no that when daniel remember when when the, the the next time she visits the apartment it's all nice it's yeah. pretty blonde and then he goes hey give me another chance so right. on and so forth and she's like i know and then she he he's like oh let me take care of the kids let me watch them 
And then she's like, no, it's like, it's like, things are much better. Now that Mrs. Doubtfire is helping now, like I get to come home early and spend time with the kids. I'm like, why, why would Mrs. Doubtfire make her come home early? She mentioned that she's always having to work. She doesn't get to blah, blah, blah. Like what, why is it that now is like, why couldn't she just come home early before only that now that Mrs. Doubtfire is there, she comes home early. It's like she was choosing not to come home Be- early exactly. and spend time with the kids. Exactly. She didn't want to come home to Robin Williams because she exactly. was like, oh, what are you doing? When are you going to come home? I'm working here late. Um, Daniel. And, uh, and know, so she there. was the one that was <laughs> neglecting her family being her kids. Yes, because exactly. She out, and then my girlfriend's like, and then so, yeah, like we had to rewatch that. We're like, yeah, what the hell? Like, why Why would Mrs. Doubtfire change the fact that you're coming home early? What is Mrs. Doubtfire doing with your job that's causing your job to allow you to finish faster? Nothing. All she's doing is cleaning the house and watching the kids. So that makes you come home early. Like you get to come. So I, I think it's like. Honestly, she just fell out of love. That's all it was. Yeah, you know what? She was just done. Dude, with she was doing uh, uh, James Bond. Man, come on, dude. The moment she, she like, she's like, of course, she's like, oh my god. You know, that's exactly what happens because <laughs> before we meet James Bond, like, remember when when she gets the call? Uh, from by the way, the by the way, this is. Yeah. By the way, our, our viewers are going, why are they calling the other guy Pierce Bronson James Bond? Because he was James Bond. Yes, he plays James that. Bond. Yeah, so that's why we're calling him James <laughs> Bond. So his character in this movie is called Stu, but we're yeah. just going to call him James Bond. Okay, Stu. so in the beginning of the movie, when, when, when you know, freaking Daniel, Robin Williams, Daniel Hillard gets fired. He picks up the kids from school, and they do that freaking party with the whole house is a mess. Kids are dancing on the table, so on and so forth. Okay, the neighbor calls the wife yeah as she's calling the wife um right before the the phone is answered that's when her like boss or whoever says like hey such and such is coming in the town he wants to meet with you and he's like and he asked for you specifically and you see her face like oh well oh yeah because they you they knew each other exactly she remembered she remembered that chorizo yeah, so you like, know. For oh my fact, God, that chorizo's calling me. Oh my. Yes, that's why she in. moved on so fast. Daniel didn't. He Daniel still cared about her. He he didn't want a divorce. She did. So the reason why it was so easy for her to divorce because at that point she already moved on with her feelings. She's already interested in someone else. Exactly. She doesn't care. She wanted. So she didn't like, want that chorizo anymore. She's like, I want exactly. a new chorizo. So, this so chorizo is like, all worn out now. <laughs> So, so, so that's why he's like, all right, I need to figure out how to get back, get with my kids. Cause when they go to court, it's like, that's it. It's like, you don't have a job. You don't have a place to live. If you get all this situated in six months, boom. So it's like, all right. So that's also, why. Also that part where the judge says, you know what? You're very sincere in your apology, but I don't even know if you're real because you're mm. an actor. Maybe you're acting. And that's really sucks right there. Cause he's like, no, I'm not acting. This is me, my heart. I'm laying it out on the table here for you, judge. Well, blah, 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 and whatever that. Oh, yeah. At the end, that sucks. Like, yeah, because yeah. that was the, the after he gets found out as Mrs. Doubtfire. When he gets found out, um, what you got? Sorry, I just got distracted. Okay, 10 a.m. Oh, it's on the 14th. What's the 14th, bro? That's tomorrow. Sorry, it's because, like, I just got a text from my girlfriend for my, my son has a doctor's appointment. I'll make sure. Welcome to Intermission. So uh, I'm not sure where I left off with Mrs. Doubtfire, but all right. Oh, so we're Mrs. talking about the relationship, but the thing that we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, their relationship and that she 
moved on with James Bond and she was already happy, already not, not even trying yeah, using Robin quick. Williams. Oh, oh yeah, she was quick. I mean, that, you know, she was like, I'm ready for that new chorizo, you know? Yeah, like, and, and see, you know what? All right, here's here's a huge plot hole, bro. Okay, check it out. So when she visits Daniel the first time, when he goes, they're my goddamn kids too. Remember that scene? Right, right. All right, so when he says, why were you late? And she starts pointing out, look, I had to go to the bank. I had to go to the paper. I got it. He's like, oh, why are you going to the, he's like, are you putting out some personal ads or something like that? And she's like, if you had, I had to look for a nanny and they'd have that whole discussion. I could watch the kids. Oh, please. Like, I'll think about it. He's like, well, may I see the ad? And she's like, hey, they're my kids too. Like, can, he's like, I have every right. Right, she right. gives him what what does he do when she when she has him the paper he crosses it out doesn't he he he, he the phone number he adds a four oh that's right eight. yes so four so for the yeah <laughs> he changes the number he changes the numbers okay as, as, as just imagine what why would he do so, that? so 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 they don't get the nanny so he can get in that's what exactly he, right yeah exactly so they don't how get, many how many Phone numbers are listed on there. Just one main number, right? Yeah, back then it was just one. It wasn't yeah. like five or 15 okay. or 20. Here's the, here's the issue with this movie. The next scene, it's a montage somewhat of a montage oh. where she starts getting all these calls, right? And he's all like, hello. You know, he's like, I am Job. You know, all this and yeah. that, correct? Yeah. She yeah. gets a phone call in her car. She gets a phone call at work. She gets a phone call at home. That is three separate numbers, and she only wrote down one number in the paper ad, and he only messed up one number. So how the hell is he calling her from three different numbers if she only listed one number? <laughs> wow, you really dig down on that one, didn't you? <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Oh, man, maybe it doesn't have to make any sense. It does. Well, I mean, I get that for the film, but I want to look at it like oh, yeah. he wouldn't be able no, to No, you want you want real life. <laughs> you want a real life. Like, like, I get their movies, but this is the fun aspect of it where, you know, and, and that's why it doesn't. It's like, how how would he call her? Her, she'd be like, wait a minute. How am I getting a call on my cell phone? I didn't list my cell phone. How am I getting a call from work? She should have figured it out. But that whole scene it loses it, it loses it all right there from that plot hole because at no point did she list any other number she didn't list her work number nor did she list her cell phone number so that's why like right there it falls apart but no one pays attention because all we're focused on is like when he's all like calling in as like yeah my name is ilsa immelman and i want to know how many children do you have i have two girls and a boy oh a boy I don't work with the males, because I used to be one. Hello? Ah! Layla, get back in your cell. Don't make me get the hose. Hello? I am Job. Do you speak English? I am Job. I'm sorry, the position has been filled. Oh, what a nightmare. But Robin had, had great voices, but uh, you know what? It's funny, I'm like, I didn't see it that way. I kind of just was so into Robin's character that I was so drawn. I, I just wanted to see what the, his, his next move was. You know? And he's an actor, correct? Yeah, he's an course. actor. His yes. wife, his he's wife playing knows himself. he's an actor. Yeah. Okay. How, you're telling me in the 14 years that they've been together that he's never done voices around her? Like, how did she not figure out that was him? Exactly. Yeah, well, like I said, it's part of the 
You're yeah, telling, yeah, I, I, I hear I, you. Because I, I was like, you know, I watched this with my girlfriend. And I was like, if I started doing voices, like, you think it freaking, she's like, I know it was you right away. I'm like, one, yeah, you do yeah, terrible yeah. voices. But if I knew you were doing the voices, I'm like, exactly. If my job is being an actor and knowing that she says it to Mrs. Doubtfire at one point in the kitchen, that he was always just, he could never be serious. He was always just being funny and <laughs> telling I mean, jokes. But you know he did voices. That's all he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. But I think you know what I think. The, the thing is also too. I mean, you know who that person is by looking at the eyes. And I'm pretty sure she would have figured him out if it was really him. Well, she says that your eyes—they seem very familiar, or something like that. Yeah, right? but you know, it's very close. I mean, if I were to see someone, I'd be like, "Whoa, this is really weird." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like if, but, I, if my kids got taken away and I had to dress up like like one, he got lucky that his brother works in special effects. Like he got lucky. If he didn't have a brother, what the hell would he have done trying to go? Oh, my God. I love that scene where he's trying all these looks and there's one of Barbara Streisand. Looks. Yeah. <laughs> the big nose. And the and little then, like Jewish woman. Yeah, and, the little Jewish woman. Oh, I look. Oh, my God. It's just hilarious. Like, oh, I look. I look so scary. He's like, don't you think this was scared of the kids? And then that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then his brother was like, guys, hilarious. Dude. He's got that deep voice. Hey, hi. You know, it's got that deep, yeah, deep voice. Yeah, raspy. he's always had that raspiness of that hey, voice. Hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, hey. he, there is something I read in an interview where he said he got casted because uh, he, was doing a, he was doing a play. And Robin Williams went to go see the play. And Harvey Firestein found out that they, were, they wanted a cast uh, that his brother in the movie was going to be gay. So Harvey Weinstein, he went up, uh, Harvey Firestein, he went up to uh, freaking Robin Williams and said he was interested in the part. And I mean, that's what I read. I don't know if that's true, but I read that. So I'm like, if that's how, that's awesome. My mom, he took initiative and went up to him and said like, dude, you got to cast me. It's like, your, your, your character has a gay brother. I'm gay. I would be perfect to play your brother. And you got the part. Oh, I think wow. that's awesome. Wow! Wow! Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, like this when it, you know this movie, like the phone calls, like I I don't have voices, like like how many voices can you do, Freddie? You know what? I really I could just do I don't know, I don't know. I really you don't. got you I got can't. your like that little like you know Mexican dad sounding voice. Yeah, I got like, but actually, it's like my uncle. My uncle had a really heavy. all right. Imagine imagine you're you're Mrs. Doubtfire, like you're doing that that calling in and I'm the wife answering. I want you to give me your best impersonation of a, of a nanny calling in without your uncle voice. Hello. I'm, oh, without the, my voice. I just, no, do your uncle's voice. Oh, my uncle's voice. Yeah. Calling in. Yeah. For the job. Yeah. Calling in <laughs> for the job. <laughs> All right. Here hello. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, hello. Hey, I'm looking for, I was reading the ad here. I estaba aquí the para, uh, for the children. The, yes, I, my kids. I'm looking for a nanny. That's correct. Okay, for the trabajo, for the to take care of the children's. Yes. Uh, what, what are the, your qualifications? I got all of them. I, I know how to limpiar los los floors. <laughs> I know how to I know how to you know clean the pampers. Do you know CPR? I know RPC. Do you know that one? That's, a, that's a Mexican style. Oh, why is that? What, what do you mean? It's better than CPR. Oh, it's more really? faster. Yes, yes, oh, it's yes. Faster. You know, yes, it's a technique you use in the neck. Can you also cook? Oh, my chile rellenos, the kids love it. They love it. <laughs> Especially the chilaquiles. Do you like chilaquiles? Yeah, I, I, I've heard of them. I think they're good. Oh, it's beautiful. You white people like them. 
<laughs> well, I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. You got my phone number, my pager. I got a pager, 888-666-6769. Okay. We'll get back. What and was your name? Uh, Sebastian Trujillo. All right. Well, I'll make sure to get back to you, sir. You have a very nice day. All right, you too. <laughs> <laughs> No, man. I hired like that, bro. <laughs> well, how'd you get hired? The Chilaquiles. They always yeah, yeah. bring me in. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was great. Uh, that, was for my, my, that was my uncle. That was my, one of my uncles. He was so hilarious. God rest his soul. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's so great. Like, when it, when it comes to the whole acting aspect of, like, him doing voices and all that, I love when he goes to try to get a job when he goes to the social worker yeah and then she's like what are your qualifications sir he's like i do voices you do voices, voices. And he's like, yes and he does all those things like i love <laughs> i uh, love the hot dog a hot dog uh, to this day i'm watching that with my girlfriend i'm like laughing because i love the hot dog where he does this little thing like that with his jacket oh yeah he's he really like... he literally looks like a hot dog <laughs> and like it's just I had a friend that used to do a lot of those things like when we were kids and he I like when he grabs that little thing off the desk and he goes figaro <laughs> I do voices What do you mean you do voices? Well, I do voices. Yeah. We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. We're happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. <laughs> I want you in the worst way. Well, it's certainly a rough meeting, and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. Hey, boss, give it a change. She's going to loosen up any moment. <laughs> Look at me right now, money penny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. I'm crazy to make a deal with you. Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. This idiot. This idiot. I'm sitting on a gold mine. Don't make me smack you, sweetheart. I'll do it. I do a great impression of a hot dog. Dude, that guy is just... I mean, if I need a good laugh, like yesterday, seriously, bro, I was just so down to just a little bit because of the world. And uh, even though it was a sad documentary, it, it was it was nice because there was an ending. You know, his son scattered his ashes in the San Francisco Bay, you know, and and, and it's because, you know, San Francisco was Robin Williams' home. And it made me it made me happy. He makes me happy, even though he's gone. I also did a trance song with his this his. Uh, there's this speech that he's talking about life and to make your life spectacular. And he's really influenced me because when I did meet him, seriously, bro, that was the highlight of my life to meet Robin Williams. And for him, for him being in a private place, you know, he gave me a picture, bro. That was the gift. Cause I wasn't supposed to ask him. He just seemed like always a fun person, dude. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go down like a web of like videos where I'm like, just when like at night when I can't sleep and I load up YouTube and I just see him on like, you know, freaking all the talk shows from going back to Johnny Carson to Jay. Oh, Leno. It's, it's like, hilarious, bro. I mean, he's, he's always how on. about watch that award where it was, it was Jack Nicholson winning an award uh, it was tied with another actor, and he was, didn't get he didn't get this award. It was an Emmy or something, and he blew them away. Watch that watch that segment with uh, Jack Nicholson and Robin Williams award on YouTube, and just watch that. 
he was like a loser, but he ended up winning there. Because he even said, well, I guess I'm walking out with nothing here. And, you know, it's just hilarious because he had everybody rolling. And that's how Robin Williams is. He was just like very... And then they were thinking of doing Doubtfire too, which I don't think it would have worked, bro. And I'm glad it didn't. He didn't even want to make this sequel. Well, no, that that's kind of true and not true. In the beginning, yes. See, because this they started talking sequel back in 2001. So that's when they started talking about having a sequel. And they were asking about scripts. So when they asked him originally about the in 2006 was the first time they they had an interview with him and uh because before that he was always unhappy with the script and he was saying how like it doesn't make any any sense it's like in 2006 it says the script they had just didn't work the sequel stories involved williams and mrs doubtfire moving closer to lydia's college so he can keep an eye on her um Williams said if it, you know, if it was not going to be done right, then there was, it was not worth doing. And that there was not a sequel with him in it. So it, it went on to like years where they would kept trying and trying. In 2011, he said there couldn't, they could never write it. They kept trying and it doesn't work because at the end of the first one, they reveal who Mrs. Doubtfire is. So it ends up being her for five minutes. And then she transitions, transitions into some old Russian woman. They, they so far can crack it. Then in 2014, the director of this film, Chris Columbus directed the original Mrs. Doubtfire. So he also did Home Alone. He did the first Harry Potter. So Chris Columbus is a big time director. He mentioned that they're they're finally writing a good script. It's coming out. And, and he, he's even talked to Williams. Williams is interested. Everything's falling into place. This was 2014. So they're like, all right, awesome. So I think we're finally going to have this script. It says in 2014, it was announced that a sequel was in development. So it's actually going in development at 20th Century Fox. Williams and Columbus were expected to return. And Elf screenwriter, the, the who wrote Elf, uh, he helped write the script. No, he was hired to write the script. Sadly, this was April, okay, in 2014. Come August of 2014 is when... Robin Williams died, and at that point, boom, it was canceled. So they tried for years, and yeah, he was not happy for the longest time. He's like, no, I don't want to do this if we can't do it yeah. right. Yeah, exactly, and it still wasn't going to be right. And he still, for me, I'm glad it, it, it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, Robin Williams got really, you know, he was really, did you know he was really good friends with, um, oh, God, he was the director of... Uh, it's the guy who screams. God, what's his name? Oh my God! Oh, I know who you're talking about. He's like, hey, hey. yeah, yeah. Um, Bobcat you, Goldthwaite. Yeah, he's go, really good guy. friends with him. If you want to hear a really good interview, look up for Bobcat Goldthwaite while he's yeah. on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. It was uh, it was on shortly after Robin yes. Williams died, and they talk. Or you actually find the clips online. So yeah, exactly. So that, that's um, the most. That's his out. Uh, the his... video clip you're talking about is uh, it was from the 2000. Three, um, it looks like it was the, I don't know if it was the Golden Globes. It doesn't look like it was the Golden Globes. Uh, Critics' Choice Awards. So what happened oh, yeah. is that Daniel Day-Lewis there from you Gangs go. of New York, Jack right. Nicholson from About Smith, and Robin Williams from One Hour Photo, all three of them were nominated. While what happened was Daniel Day-Lewis and, and Nicholson, it was a tie. They both won. So... Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, he gave his speech, and then at that point, Jack Nicholson was going to give his speech. The thing was, Jack Nicholson was high. He was completely out of it. He was <laughs> just, 
I, he's like, I can't freaking talk. So what did he do? Yeah, he, he pulls his other nominee who's going to go empty handed was freaking Robin Williams. Yeah. So naturally inviting someone of that much manic energy and that level of razor sharp improvisational wit was like throwing a Molotov cocktail into the dynamite factory. Williams came out of the gate swinging. Nicholson's accent um, had it. Uh, no. What did I say? I don't know. You could watch that clip. Just literally look up Jack Nicholson, Robin Williams, and you'll see it pop up. It's this clip. I've actually seen it. I don't remember how it goes. I would have to rewatch it again, but I'm not going to click it right now. No, Jack yeah. Nicholson goes up there and he's like, hey, man, hey, uh, you know what? Let's bring Walt- Robin. Come up here. And then Robin comes up and he's like, well, hey, it's nice to be here. Tied and um, the loser. And, you know, it's just like it was just comedy what he was. And then guess what? Also, uh Salma Hayek was the one who was uh, the presenter for that award. I, so. I see her. I see yeah. her right there standing next to Daniel Day-Lewis. Beautiful. I love Salma. Yeah. She's, and uh, I, uh, Yeah. So so if you want to check out that humorous part of it, uh, check, out, check out that clip. Um, going back to his little job application when he was doing that, I love the part where after he does all his jokes – she, Miss Selner goes, Mr. Hiller, do you consider yourself humorous? And I love the line because it makes me laugh. He's like, and he's just quick. He's like, I used to. There was a time when I found myself funny, but today you have proven me wrong. Thank you. Mr. Hiller, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. There was a time when I found myself funny, but today you have proven me wrong. Thank you. <laughs> and then he walks on he exits stage left i so love I it like, oh, i love that part because it's just like it's like and it makes me wonder was that improv because they told me i mean they told me i read that they've said that they, they told have, you damn no, you i know that's why i was like what the hell i'm like i know you got people. connections eh? yeah I, I got the connections i know people <laughs> um that there's like many different versions to this movie because they have so many different cuts, so many takes. Oh, can you imagine uh, how many cuts, dude? Those are the ones that they, they, they were just, they had time to put in the editing well, room. But well, imagine the ones. They, they have like an R-rated version because you know how his comedy is. <laughs> he was always saying Fs and this yeah, and that. They have an X-rated version because you know how he gets sexual too with his jokes. If you've ever seen his stand-up, he does get sexual. So they have like a PG version. They have a G-rated version. That Like they have so many cuts of this movie. Especially, um, yeah, especially if you check them out on Comedy Relief, which was one of the biggest uh, uh, charities. Uh, it was him. Yes, uh, during uh, the, during. I mean, it was like 80s and maybe the early 90s. 90s. Yeah, they yeah, don't it do a, it anymore. No, of course not. No one can, bro. Not to that, you know. There were, these were, it was Oprah, uh, Oprah Winfrey. It was uh, Whippy Whoopi Goldberg, yeah, and uh, Robin Williams, and uh, the other guy, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, very funny guy, best friends too. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, speaking I, of voices, Billy Crystal said that when when Robin Williams went to get his because uh, he, he had a operation, uh, he had a, a really bad heart. His valves were all clogged up. Or yeah. He, he record he recorded like 15 or 20 messages for That's Robin in the, Williams. the documentary right yes that he said so when Robin would wake up he can hear all those 20 messages and then Robin would call him with also you know a certain character and just just, just the way they they were together and 
I mean, that, that's hilarious, bro. That's yes. If, if you guys have not seen this, it is called Robin Williams, Come Inside My Mind. It was a 2018 yeah. documentary on HBO. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. Yes, that my story. Man. That story. Yeah. He, it, Billy Crystal talks about it because he had such a friendship with Billy Crystal and Whoopi Goldberg. Those three of them, um, they, they, they always like they, they would. And, and the other dude. The, the other, which other dude? The gold. What's his name? I keep forgetting his weird name. The guy he, he screams. Oh, oh, not the one you just previously mentioned. Billy Crystal? No, no, not the other. Robin Williams? No, the other guy. Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> we are so. I'm so bad with names. Are you saying Whoopi Goldberg? No, no, no. What other guy? Oh no, Bobcat. No, but I'm talking Bobcat, about Bobcat. Yes, but I'm Bobcat. talking about those. Not not him. I'm talking about those three from the 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 comic relief. Oh yeah, yeah, those three. That's yeah. what I was referring to. Okay, sorry. Three. But yeah, yeah, check out check out that documentary if you haven't seen it. it. It's really good. Um, there's a lot of insight of Robin Williams. I mean, that's why, like, you know, this film originally was planned as a spinoff for Home Improvement. So this movie would have been a spinoff where, like, in the in the Home Improvement show with freaking Tim Allen and his wife, they separate. So Tim Allen's supposed to figure out a way, and he ends up being dressing up like a woman so he could still visit his kids. Tim Allen thought it was a stupid idea. It's not going to work. So they, they obviously passed on it. Yeah. This movie was going to become uh-huh. an actual movie. Yeah. When it was going to be a movie, at that uh-huh. point, they asked Tim Allen again, we want you to play the part. He turned it down once again. So then they said, well, why don't you play the stew part? You know, the part of the Pierce Brosnan. And he said no. So the whole time, he turned them down. So they brought in Robin Williams. And I, I honestly, this movie would not be the movie it is if it were him. If if, if freaking Tim Allen did this, nah. Like, it, it wouldn't be the same. Plus, Robin Williams, the way he is, he improvised a lot of lines or certain jokes. I love that, that part where I love that part where he's cleaning the house and dancing with the with you know with the vacuum yeah. cleaner, you know, stuff like that. I don't see him doing those things. You know, no. Robin and- Williams' body language is so different from Tim Allen. And there's a famous story about that. Um, when I was a kid, it was all over the news <clears throat> that, that this woman was who was pregnant was in the theater and she was laughing so hard on that part where he's dancing and vacuuming. She was laughing so hard. She went into labor and she had her baby because she was laughing so hard from that movie. And I remember that was all over the news at the time. Oh, is that That's, Popcorn Sanchez? Is his name? Pop, popcorn Sanchez. <laughs> I read about him. It was like, where were you born? Yeah, because it was like, I was born in a movie theater. Pop, popcorn. I landed, I landed on popcorn, so my mom called me popcorn. Popcorn. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's a fun movie. It's fun to see Robin Williams dressed up as a woman uh, and uh, a cute grandmother. And, oh, little boys. Little boys. Very sweet. Yeah. And uh, enjoy it, man. Have a good time. And yeah. I'm. I can never get tired of watching. I can have that movie in the background. Yeah, it's 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 all in all, it's a good it's a good flick. Oh, uh, let me say one thing too. Sally Fields, by the way, Sally Fields, great actress, and she really brought that that script to life and being that role. And uh, Sally Fields, you know, she's if you guys don't know, look her up. She worked with Burt Reynolds. She's uh, she's hey uh, Tom Hanks with uh, yeah and Forrest Gump plays the mom. Yeah, yeah, great actress. And she so. she plays that character so well in the movie uh, Miranda because it's like all you do is you just like just give him a chance give him a chance let him but 
she's playing that character from anger because she's so mad at him. Yeah, she wants to. Yeah. And that's, you know, women are like that. Women are like, hey, man, get your shit together. I got my shit together. And exactly. I'm I'm defending that woman. And that's good, too. I'm not saying because she 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 has every right to feel the way she does. If like she she's she's focused. She grew up. It's like, all right, we had our fun. Like there's now we got to like, you know, come on, we got We got kids. We got three kids. You know what? But it's true. I mean, unfortunately, there's people <laughs> who don't grow up no. and uh, they stay in that mode. And that's why you watch these movies so you can get your shit together. Yeah. Especially nowadays. In because... which he did. It took the divorce for yeah. him to change his life because one, he gets a job as a shipping clerk in which I used to think it was that easy. Like, oh, that's freaking awesome. I could just go to like one of these job placement agencies, tell them I want to work in the industry and I could get my foot in the door and, and ship out films. Like he got that job. I'm like, what a lucky bastard. I remember I tried and they just looked at me like, yeah, I want, I, I, I love film. I want to work in film. And they could never give me a job. Instead, I give me a job like at UPS or some shit. I was like, what the hell? No, I want to work. I want to get a job like him, you know, in which if he, if he never got that job there, he would have never gotten lucky to meet the boss who was the production like manager or whoever, because remember he's watching that little kid's show. And then that old man's like, the dinosaur, uh, that guy's so uh, funny. Oh my God. That guy's so boring. And he's like, yeah. And I like when Rami was like, like, wow, this guy blows. He was like, really? And he, he didn't know that he was, he said yeah. something like that. Right? He's like, he what like, kind of moron would keep this guy on the show for this long? He's like, I would. He's like, Oh crap. <laughs> okay should i believe he said he did no he's like I I, i'm assuming there's a there's gonna be a job opening soon he's like yeah maybe <laughs> but then, then he saw the reality of what Robin williams was was uh because it was all empty so he went over there and he started doing his little you know i'm a raptor i eat everything you know what i hate i, I I'm, I'm gonna say this about robin williams the one thing i've always hated about him whenever he tries to get and when he starts like doing rap, like he's rapping, he always what he does it in this movie. And I've seen him doing it in interviews, like with Jay Leno and stuff. He always goes yo yo yo, and he does his arm cross every single time. I know he did it in the movie RV also. Like it drives me crazy because he thinks like whenever someone's rapping, they always say yo yo yo, and they cross their arms, and it drives me nuts because he okay. does that with the Raptor. I know, he's but like the reason yo, why yo. that's '80s rap right there. He that's his signature when it comes to like all right, RV is 2006 and he does it in that movie because I remember it was in the trailer where he goes, Oh, yeah, so I mean, now come on, he just it that's his that's his go to, and I don't know, it just makes me cringe every time. That's his signature. See, you're talking about it. He left an imprint, he left an imprint, yo, 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 but it drives me crazy. And he does it twice in the movie, he does it later (laughs) on. Because that's when he get because he sees him and he claps his hands and he's like I like I want to hear your ideas I want to see your plans and then obviously it has to be the same night at the same restaurant like I don't know why he didn't fight more to say no he didn't even have to give her a reason he could have just told her I can't be there I'm sorry I'm busy or I have to do something else like I don't know why he <laughs> do it I'm getting I'm getting flashbacks of the film I love the dinner where he's going back and forth. And he forgets his teeth. He was like, what's wrong with you? He's like, oh, they're, they're falling on, <laughs> dude. Just, that is the most. And then going back in the bathroom. You know what's when funny? He, it's like when he goes in the bathroom, he uses one of the stalls. And isn't it funny? Like no one went into that stall. Yeah, he leaves his st- <laughs> leave their stuff there. 
I know it's but it was just like a it's part of the movie. But that scene going back and forth, oh but my someone, god! Like, see, that's why if I if I go to the bathroom and I see a bag and all this stuff next to the toilet, I would walk out and be like, "Hey, someone left all their stuff there." I would notify someone because I'm but a. See, one- they made it look like I was so busy because nowadays I wouldn't fly. You would no, see no, me no. walking. That would not fly. Not with cameras and all that. That's the freedom. And we no had one's in- using the bathroom. How I know exactly, right? No I know you got like a full house out there, and there's one lady putting her lipstick on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in reality, there's a freaking line because the bathrooms are always busy, man. Exactly. Like they're, they're like they're, they're giving out tickets. Hey, what, what number are you? I'm number five. Oh man, I'm gonna shit myself. You know? <laughs> Hurry and up! I, I love. Hey, I am either gonna shit myself or I'm gonna get my chicharrones. <laughs> The part that's funny in that scene, though, is when he's still wearing his mask. So when he turns around and looks in the mirror oh. and he scares himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <gasps> I love that. And it's cool. And then, you know, he, he's so drunk that he shows up to the guy. And oh, that's why he's yeah. like, what are you doing? He's like, huh? He's like, are you, why are you dressed like a woman? And then he, and he oh. looks down. He's like, he's-, he's like, he realized he effed up. He's like, he's like, I, he's like. And that's when he's like, meet your new host. He's like, what? He's like, I yeah. this is that far on the hip hop and it's a yo yo yo. Yo yo. I told you. <laughs> yes, I know. And the hip hop and the yo yo yo. And then that's when that's when he because he puts uh the pepper on the the shrimp, so he starts choking yeah. on the. He shrimp. was allergic. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. So when he starts choking, talking, oh my god, he's choking. He's choking. Somebody help! I'm coming. I'm coming there. And he saves the day. And then boom. That's when all comes revealed. When his teeth fall out into the cup, they said that was that was improvised. So their reactions are real reactions to that scene. Um, but yeah, it's all in all, the movie's like good. There's a lot of cool stuff. We left out the part with like when he, you know, the cake. Remember when she comes and visits him and then he has nothing to like look for and he puts his face in the cake oh totally totally she's like what are you wearing oh it's my it's my cream Every, everything he said in there was improvised all of that was wow. improvised like that the scene was planned but everything was and by the way by the way I you, that lady remember that lady she also worked with jim yeah Perry. We, we she was in liar liar miss selena yeah miss selena it was yeah. all in all like i said man this movie's good it, it, it has a good message and i love because originally the studio fired the writer because they hated the ending and they're like we need a new writer we need to write a happy ending and they they did it they wrote the new ending all this and that. i don't know if they filmed it or not they probably did and they were they're like no because it's given the impression that things are always going to work all right and parents will could get back together and they're afraid it can give that bad idea to kids being like oh see my parents could work it out so they went back to the original ending they got the the writer back he wrote it back in and yeah because as a kid who, who you know if you go through divorce you don't want to see that where like thinking that oh your parents will it's going to work out in the end and i like the way they ended it where he's talking on the show and he received a letter from a kid saying my mom and dad they divorced what's going to happen and everything he yeah. says is so great because kids tend to think it's their fault or since their parents don't love each other they probably don't love them anymore and i like the way it leaves on such a positive message it's such a, it's it's such a good film as a whole yeah it has its little issues that i've noticed little plot holes but as a whole it's a great movie you see him become a better person too you know yeah and 
you know, look, we all we all went to Mrs. Doubtfire in our life. And I think that Robin Williams showed us because Robin Williams is just a big heart. He was a big hairy heart. It was weird. He was a very hairy, hairy person. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but Robin just had I me. Mean, I, I, I'm just telling you, because when we talk, I met him and I got to spend like three hours with him, like just watching. So you get to like, I don't know, it just it was just, you know, seeing him in his doubtfire and bringing that character to life and also you know, with a positive message, because during that time, yeah, you know, kids are confused. Like, well, do my parents still love me? Yeah, we still love it. We just can't live it together. And or they blame it's a themselves. learning process. Or they blame themselves. Exactly. Because the so, the the, I mean, the the son, he did that. He's like, if I if only I didn't have a birthday party, all of us would be fine. And he tells him, no, right. like this was this has been happening. Like the, the the birthday party, the it was the nail in the coffin for her. Cause she was done. He, he wasn't growing up and he was just living the way he was. And he thought everything was great. The only thing yeah. is, is that going back to that one scene, she, Mrs. Dalfire asked Miranda, like, did you ever tell him this, how you felt? And she says, I couldn't because whenever I would try being serious, he didn't want to, he never liked getting serious. So you could be like, well, why didn't she speak up? She tr- she tried, but he never would. She tried fixing herself. She tried doing things, making things work. But he's the one that couldn't. He, he and that he should have been serious. He should have been able to turn it off because I've met people like that where they can't turn it off. They always have to be on. They're always trying to be funny, and it gets annoying, dude. It gets. It's like, dude, okay, I'm trying to have a serious talk with you. You don't have to keep making jokes, like, and and it. So you know, I understand that, but all in all, again, this movie's great. It's a it's a good way to start the month with you know Jim Carrey. I mean Jim Carrey. What the fuck? <laughs> with Robin Williams. So Mrs. Doubtfire. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's this week's Mrs. Doubt. If we left anything out, please contact us. Write us. Like, hey, you guys didn't talk about it. And I could do it in the shout out sex- section for next week and let you section yeah. <laughs> the section and bring it up. Oh, you a little nasty little boy. You he said section. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week's song of the week, uh, like always, I try to connect it to the film in some way, be it the year it was released or maybe something connected to the way the movie was. Last week, I gave you Obsession with the Obsession from the Cable Guy, how he was obsessed with, you know, Stephen. This week, this movie was about divorce. It's a family going through divorce, but not necessarily just a couple. It involved kids. So I thought, you know what, what would be a song that I could do that's about divorce? So my song that I'm going to be giving you is Depeche Mode's Precious. This song was was part of the Playing the Angel album. It was a single from that. It was actually the first single from Playing the Angel. This the album yes. was in 2005, October 13th. So yeah, it's 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 a great song. This song I feel is very heavy drums. Like they 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 do a lot of drums because they started focusing on live drums. So it's 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 a really good album. But this is very this song from this album is the one that just sounds like classic Depeche. Very synthy keyboards, drum machines. Ah, it's it's yeah, it's, very simple, very Depeche earlier, but a beautiful song. I love singing it, um, and it's a favorite. Yeah. It's a favorite to many. It says Martin Gore wrote the good choice. Yeah, Martin Gore wrote this song about his divorce from his wife and the impact it had on their children. Gore said that his marriage had become a charade and felt awful about letting it get to that point. So, isn't that weird? 
to know that Martin Gore was going through that and he writes a song about it and then we all pick it up and love it. And now it's like part of our Depeche Mode catalog. Yeah. It's crazy, right? I mean, that's what's so crazy about, you know, music. Yeah, you pull something and it's like, it's to them, it, it means something or they pull it from a diary or something and it just means so much. It's like, that's why like, like one of the things I've always heard about, it was um from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge. Um, when they were working with Rick Rubin, uh, he saw his journal and he's like, dude, like, what is this? Like, he's like, oh, that's just some personal stuff. He's like, you need to, you need to sing this. You need to. And that's what Under the Bridge ended up being. It was about him, his addiction, living in L.A., being just yeah. all high all the time. And it became like a massive hit for them. And there was such a personal song because it was just something that he wrote in a journal. And the producer happened to see this journal and said, like, dude, there's a song here. And it's kind of like right here. He, he's going through a divorce with Martin Gore right here in the song of the week, going through a divorce and seeing what the impact is having in his kids. He writes this song. And that's why I chose this song, because I thought it was the perfect song for this movie, for this pick. It's about divorce, but not just adults. It's features a kid this movie is a divorce that impacts their children also so i thought it was it was just the best song to do so there you have it ladies and gentlemen i'm giving you depeche mode's song from 2005 the song is precious all right there you have it ladies and gentlemen um that's all we got for you for you this week check us out next week make sure to like subscribe comment everything interact with us um i totally forgot about the fan questions (laughs) on instagram i'll bring it up next week ladies and gentlemen you're all probably like hey where's the question i totally forgot but we're out of time i have to go to work today so there you have it ladies and gentlemen any last words sir be safe wear a mask and be good to each other all right there you have it ladies and gentlemen hope you have a great time we had fun getting our job interviews telling people that we're hilarious we're funny then we got some jobs as being a nanny but it's okay because they think it's time we get into our delorean and travel back to the future